Welcome to Average Joe Meets the UK's Everyday Entrepreneurs, where we talk to all kinds of business owners across the country about how they got started and what it's really like to run their business, so that we can learn and be inspired to start something of our own. Jane and Juan are completely mad about coffee, so when they were looking for a way to have more flexibility and freedom to bring up their three young children, they decided it had to be something to do with coffee. Fast forward to today and they run Carnival Coffee, a coffee roastery in South East London that supplies coffees from all around the world on a subscription basis to households across the UK through their Carnival Club. They also supply wholesale to over 20 cafes and shops, including the Ritz. The reason they were chosen by the famous London Hotel was their commitment to working with the Ritz to ensure transparency right across the product journey of their coffee to the hotel and work with the hotel to calculate emissions and reduce them as much as possible. Striving towards an emission-free business, ensuring a fair price for farmers and for their customers and making sure they sell great quality coffee is ingrained in their ethos, which is really clear during the interview. However, what is also clear is how complex and challenging the coffee industry is, something I hadn't quite appreciated at all. As an average Joe, I enjoyed how they describe how they were sort of making it up as they went along and learning from their mistakes. And besides some income from Juan's acting career every now and again, it's definitely their passion, positivity and gratefulness that I think has allowed them to tackle challenges and create a meaningful business and life for themselves and their family. So I start most of my days with a trip to buy my Carnival Coffee Flat White to get me going for the day. Extremely tasty. And now you guys are here on the podcast and it's literally the epitome of the everyday entrepreneur. So thank you very much for coming, Juan and Jane, and my first double act as well. And I see from your website that everything began on a backpacking trip with your very young children to South America, which already tells me that you guys are not averse to taking on a challenge. (laughs) So I'd love to know how it all began. I know you gave up your day job. Please tell me the story. I am an actor. I studied drama and uh, I met my lovely wife in Colombia in 2012. And then I moved to England. I gave up my acting career to, to have a family. I was at the house doing house husband for about five years and I've been doing a little bit acting but like maybe one movie or one project every year no no much. Jane was working full time and he wasn't happy in doing what he was doing. No it was more that it was just super long hours. Was was it working for a charity? It was yeah yeah yeah, which was wonderful but it was very yeah long hours always in the office this was before the flexible working we have now um and just not ever taking our children to school or picking them up and just thinking what can we do that would give us the flexibility to be able to sort of work around the kids so work in the evening when they're asleep or before they get up in the morning and then be able to just be there a wee bit more for them. And we went to Mexico, didn't we, on it, on took the kids backpacking through Mexico and some Guatemala and some various places and had an incredible adventure. And, and it was probably the first time we properly stepped back from life, wasn't it? You know, not even deliberately thinking of what we're going to do, but... We had some amazing, amazing coffee experiences. An amazing family time. And um, we were tasting the coffee and we are going, gosh, this coffee is incredible. And just reminding ourselves, you know, like we, we've both always 
massively loved our coffee and Juan grew up on a coffee farm so he very much understands from his experience of actually how tough it can be trying to just even cover costs to sell coffee and all of those sort of nuances that happen and so we were talking about amazing coffee we were talking about both of us have done barrister stuff as well in the past and Juan's connection and and we were saying you know what can we do in, in coffee how can we how can we be in coffee how can we spend time with the kids and I don't know, did we just suddenly go, let's try it? No, what happened was we <laughs> we came back from the trip and yeah, that trip changed your life, right? Like you, it was an amazing time and you, you, in, in San Cristobal de las Casas in Mexico, the speciality coffee is huge, like, uh, like mind-blowing. It was like a... Oh, what is that? What is this? Oh, amazing flavors. Cups like a change your life, right? Mm. Then when we get back, we like, oh, we oh, we have to do something because the acting is not covering us anyway. And she want to change her life anyway. And one morning we wake up and she say like, your family got coffee plants in Colombia. Why we not roast that coffee? Uh, Do you know much about roasting coffee? No, uh-huh. nothing, anything. No, we just start from zero. And can for, I ask, how old were your children and how many did you have at this at this uh, moment in time? So it would have been the spring of 19. So our youngest would have been four and our middle one would have been five and our eldest would have been eight. Okay. They're so probably like the most crazy age for kids, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. From there, I start I study roasting, everything about coffee, reading, 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 testing, testing, trying, trying, and and you the same. And I think we probably didn't think too much about the business side of it. We were lucky that you'd just done a acting role, and so we had a tiny bit of money to invest in. Actually, in hindsight, probably a pretty silly roaster because it was tiny. It was like a two kilo roasters so we could effectively roast like eight small bags at a time but it was our only way in like we didn't have any financing from banks or anything else so we built like a workshop in our garden and got this small roaster didn't we but the plus side is because we had to spend so many hours roasting to keep up with things we kind of learnt lots more than if we were spending a lot less time with a much bigger capacity machine because it was just constant like hours right. and hours and hours of like trying to master it and I think we probably launched a little bit early when we were still testing stuff but people have been so kind and very much sort of supported us on starting out weren't they when we were just testing seeing you know is this something we could do although we thought we'd done this like very detailed business plan I looked at it again recently and so many of the things we hadn't thought about weren't there we just sort of did it and started it and I think if we hadn't just started it and learned as we went we probably wouldn't have done it you know really? because you can kind of get into that whole yeah, we, overthinking we yeah, might the we might do everything a businessman don't do basically <laughs> like we even it, we have a business plan but okay we have business plan but we just start without think anything just Rose the coffee, say that someone helping us to set up the website, someone helping us to, everyone helped. That's true, actually. We had lots of talented friends that could do websites or accountancy. Or or logo or or ideas. Your network helped you a lot then. Oh, but you know, without it, because 
I mean, there's that's uh, I think the thing, isn't it? There's so many hats. It's not just the roasting coffee and getting it to people. It's all the the legal side and the marketing side and everything else that yeah we were super lucky to have lots of great advice and we've got friends that were like business development people in their lives that everyone was very accommodating and gave us time didn't they to have a coffee and chat about and just remind us of things that we hadn't thought about so we were super super lucky and the community the community, <laughs> the, communi the community play a, a like an important part in our business because we think uh, if uh, we not live in pinch when we start yeah, this, true. maybe we know as successful as really? now because it's amazing. Uh, everyone in the street, <laughs> everyone in the in the area was so exciting about anything. Yeah, it's like uh, and and with us with coffee, the community was so kind. Like everyone shared the love. Yeah, can, can you remember your sort of first couple of bits of business and how you got? How you got those? Yeah, so we just put we put a little survey on Penge Tourist Board on Facebook where people post about local things to say we're thinking of starting roasting coffee in Penge. You know, what would you want if someone was roasting coffee from you? And loads of people responded. And I think, you know, as Swan said, if anyone's going to set up a local business, you need to come to Penge and do it because people are so community-based, aren't they? They would support they are, anything yeah. that anyone's doing. And, like, we were super lucky as well. There was a... An initiative at the time called the Penge Food Hub, which supported local businesses that said, come in, you know, talk to us, we'll help promote you. And then the local brewery, Southey Brewery, said, you know, let's brew a coffee beer. So everyone was very, oh, wow. like, getting involved, seeing how they could help. And people were excited to try the coffee. And I think support local, there was a big move, at, you know, just generally, I think that was happening. And this was all ahead of the pandemic when I think people were even more bedded down to support their local business. You know, we were so, so lucky. So you you start you started off with this low capacity coffee roaster. Were you still working at the time? And then at some point you said, I'm gonna make the move and quit. Yeah. When, when did you decide or how did you decide that? First, so I was working like two and a half, three days a week doing consultancy work, so able to work cut, from home. You cut down a bit. Yeah. yeah, so we could do a couple of days doing carnival. And it was a year to the date when we set up, when we moved totally to doing carnival full time. And that was not long after the pandemic hit in March. And then by April, we were so busy because I think that, you know, a couple of things we'd already sort of sussed how we were going to do online deliveries and this was at the point when there wasn't any cafes open and people wanted coffee at home and they needed to be caffeinated didn't they? they had crazy jobs trying to adapt to work from home children at home homeschooling all of that sort of stuff and it was just really really busy and we were lucky because we were still racing in the workshop so we didn't have to go anywhere to do it but it just became unfeasible it wasn't fair on my other work so we were able to just switch totally to just doing carnival and trying to keep up with getting coffee to people locally throughout that whole year it just it feels like a bit of a blur actually now doesn't it you know but super lucky to have been set up to do that i guess before that all happened and you keep saying luck which is quite interesting so it's also organic it was an organic process yeah but you had lots of people to help you yeah a bit of luck, but coffee roasting is quite a competitive industry, isn't it? Mm. Do, you, do you find that now still? It is um, very complex. Coffee is one of the more complex uh, products you can wor work with. 
because as a natural product, they change from the season, from the farmer, how the farmer produce the coffee, how I roast it and how you brew in it. It's not just like make socks and sell socks. You have to be like a scientific side as well, have lots of big technology in it and, and lots of passion and try and try and try. Then it's complex, but if you are a little bit patient and if you love it enough, then you have a great product. And that's why we, I think, in part of successful because even if at the complexity of the coffee, we, we're really passionate about it and it, it, we work hard. So like this small machine that we start with that allow us to, to try an error and don't have big losses because this doesn't test right. Okay, do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. And we try to be really careful to, even it's almost impossible to be consistency in coffee, but our consistency is pretty much spot on. Sometimes in coffee you have weird batches, but mostly we're really careful with what what we send to the customers and everything we do is like we always talk about it in the beginning always was about i enjoy this cup and we want to share it to you that's what we do share what we like we we love our coffee and and we as so we roast it we drink and happy and then we make people happy it's uh, like a goal yeah yeah. And so you, do you have this subscription service where you, you send out coffee on a cycle delivery to, to the locals in <coughs> Southeast mm. and they get a different coffee every month? They, they get uh, coffee every month. Uh, actually, the, the prices uh, for the subscribers are very, in my opinion, reasonable prices for the subscribers, even if a uh, coffee is just getting to the roof in the market, the, the prices of the of the coffees is double or nearly triple the price. It's a really interesting issue, coffee pricing, because actually as a small coffee roaster, that's what you fight for and what you believe in is that actually it is about the coffee farmers getting paid more for the huge amount of work they put in to make sure, you know, the coffee's ripe and the experimentation and there's so much stuff that doesn't get paid and, and that's super important. But the pricing is often affected by sort of the shipping costs which have gone up like three, four times as much as they were before and those different steps along the way. So I think for the whole coffee industry, it's always about trying to sort of understand that transparency and asking the right questions of the chain along the way to make sure the farmers are, are, are paid the best price possible. And often, although the coffee market price has gone up, it doesn't always end up with the farmers and that's the, that battle hasn't changed or the coffee price has gone up. So for us, we're paying double what we were in terms of all our raw materials and that doesn't always end up with a farmer so that's something that we're still asking the questions of everyone in between to try and make sure from the coffee that we buy because if everyone does that then it will make that change happen you know the coffee that we buy you know farmers are paid above and beyond fair trade fair trades chucked around a lot in every industry but actually that's just like a minimum wage which isn't decent and is not okay that but I guess as like Palmer was saying how that affects us it's always that tricky thing as a small business where you try and sort of suck up as much of extra costs as you can because you really care about the people and you're so grateful for the people that 
drink your coffee. But there was at one point at the beginning of last year when all the prices went up where actually we were repaying our customers to drink the coffee because it just hadn't even Does it take out. a while for you to understand that you know when you're in your accountancy and you're like, ah okay we've got to switch we've got to raise the prices now. we we're yeah, learning yeah. basically every every day we kind of learning how to do business and we kind of think like oh that's no good that's not how you do business well actually are we losing money or well, actually we make happy all our customers but we don't have any money so you say i try to balance it and and it's, it's a beautiful learning. We, we're really happy. Oh gosh, can you imagine if we knew everything now from when we started? But then we probably wouldn't have started and that would have been a real shame. So I feel, you know, it's just every, you know, even when there's um, holes of things that we need to sort out or problems or, you know, it's all learning. as as uh, lots of learning, I think, and lots of reflection all the time to go, OK, how could we do this differently or how could we do this better or how do we do this so that we can reach more people or do more stuff for origin so like for example in Juan's family farm we bring over their coffee every year but we're talking a lot at the moment about what crops we can plant because there's a three to five year turnaround for the trees the coffee trees is maturing and and actually becoming sort of feasible we need to be talking now about sort of what next and like just all sorts of I mean a day can take us in a million directions kind of and marketing, marketing, it was interesting, mm. uh, like learning because uh, we we started to to do marketing right in the beginning, and we stopped it because we. But why we stopped it? Uh, so we had it's about just only about a year ago because we had to be really careful with our capacity at the time. So we by that time we'd upgraded to. A five kilo roaster, which was like. And what sort of prices are these big roasters? Mm. Are they are they so, thousands of pounds? Yeah, they're a lot. So the two kilo roaster that we started with was nine thousand, and then the five kilo was about seventeen in the end, and then we're getting a bigger one, which is arriving in the new year, which is which is a crazy uh, price, isn't it? And now we. It's coming a really exciting machine. Okay, we say fifteen kilos now. We like upgrading, and uh, yeah, that that machine is about hundred grams. Uh, wow. But um, it's the latest technology in yeah. roasting coffee, and uh, we exciting and scared. And yes, yeah, so we have to borrow that money. That's not <laughs> being made. Say is that is that when we talk about risks in business or mm. you know big Actually, decisions, that's that's probably one of your. Biggest. No, the, the biggest, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Again, especially because the world's changed so much. So we, because these machines are so sought after, we put our initial deposit and name down like over a year and a half ago now, and it's made in America and it's paid for in dollars. And of course, the payments have all been in the last six months. Where, and that's something if we were probably business people, we would have predicted actually that. What was going to be is it, so I think effectively we've paid an extra twenty thousand. This is the borrowed. exchange rate from exchange rate, yeah. yeah, and also interest rates. So it's a loan for this machine. That's not something we could finance at all. So that's changed a lot. So actually, our monthly payments are going to be double now what they were sort of a year ago. But you know, like we're trying to be <laughs> positive and saying you know it's 
look at it over 10 years because it's such a wonderful machine it uses a lot less gas so it's better for the environment but also actually we're not paying monthly for fuel for this machine so longer term it is right but it's been there's been some quite hairy moments hasn't there in the last couple of months where we're like oh gosh we've committed to this how are we going to do it it feels a bit almost out of our depths for people that love coffee and like you know it's at what points the business at what points are, you know we do it because we love it i think if you wanted to earn lots of money you wouldn't work it because the margins are tiny and actually that's great because it's all you know that's the right thing for it to be like that and then it's all passing on great coffee and doing something you enjoy but i'd say it's not the business to make lots you, of money you can live a good life the two of you you can live a good life with your business or that's what you're working towards yeah. working towards <laughs> I'd towards, say like we're yeah. lucky because Juan um, still does acting work which always happens at exactly the right time so <laughs> I would say we kind of live off Juan's acting money and when we do um, of carnival coffee but we couldn't just do carnival because um, uh, in, in business is, is up and down so for example in the pandemic the way we set up the business was online then was very good so we we can live for carnival coffee yeah, in that true. moment yeah uh, very well mm-hmm. but then ukraine then the dollar yeah, then yeah, the yeah. politics that all changed and now for example three months ago three months ago we say oh we can't live about this business but then the acting save us and now it's picking up again for example this should be a good month <laughs> and then yeah, but like I say, it's up and down. You, and, and, and then really you're quite. You're been going for three years, which is quite a, a short amount of time. And, yeah. And you've actually successfully built up a loyal client base, which is and, pretty and, good. And also, yeah, exactly. It's pretty good. And because we we take decisions in base sometimes of we say or nothing because we don't know. We can't. We never do business before. <laughs> then we kind of make uh, like a try and error and they say oh we got it wrong okay then but that's fine because we're learning I say, and, like, and you're living and yeah you're exa- exactly it. and then mm. it's good because i said it's, it's all positive basically even yeah. if uh, we we like i wish like a uh, jane and say if uh if uh, we no make money doesn't matter we're still enjoying it basically oh. but but yeah you have to make yeah. money and <laughs> And it, we worked for that, yeah, it, it, yeah exactly. But it, it's, a, it's all positive, and it's a big learning, and but it's, it's up and down. And and now we, for example, we want to close the loop. We want to put a coffee shop in some some time soon, yeah, in Pench. <laughs> Hopefully, we're working for that, and then. I will close the loop in the in the way where my family grow the coffee plants, we bring the coffee over, we use the coffee and we brew the coffee. Yeah, that will be a goal. Uh, hopefully, and anytime soon we, we can do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's interesting trends and online shopping and all of that sort of stuff. And we're so lucky to have thousands of customers online, right? but there's nowhere to showcase it and to make, yeah, yeah. as Swan said, is to do that side front. of it. Because coffee is such a sensory thing to smell it, to taste it, to see it. You mentioned earlier about other roasteries and that it being quite a popular thing. And there's been a lot, there's a lot of new roasteries, exciting new roasteries set up since the pandemic. And it's, it often comes from two routes. People either have worked in coffee in barristers or importers or, and then, and then, then moved to roasting. 
coffee or it's total passion projects for people that have been really into coffee and have changed their jobs to do it and what's exciting is because there's such a wonderful spread of coffee roasteries now throughout the UK it's very much like your local brewery but in sort of caffeine dealerships so people can go local and everyone's got slightly different roasting style which is really important and often for customers it's about finding the roaster that roasts coffee like you like to drink it and then once you've made that match people drink coffee all the time so we're really lucky to have customers that like and drink the coffee and then they come back Um, and and I'm sure that's the same for for other roasteries as well so although we cycle deliver across South East London we also send coffee out across the UK every day to everywhere and we're lucky that people order like you know through the post as well all the time but also because there's so much experimentation involved every week in a in a coffee roastery from all the profiling of the different coffees to roasting them to making all the amends to do with what's happening with the temperature of the air and the moisture and brewing and recipe development having more people doing that within their space and contributing to what's going on in coffee is really exciting and I don't think there's a case of there's too many roasteries and not enough coffee drinkers that's a nice way to look at it (laughs) yeah I think it's you know the opposite I think you know the more people are doing exciting things with coffee in roasteries and workshops the more people will get into coffee and really critically not only enjoy that a cup of coffee but also understand more about like the ridiculous amount of work that goes into just picking a coffee harvest and the ridiculous amount of work that goes into making sure the you know organic fertilizers and shade grown and all these things that the farmers do but also what happens in within a roastery is a huge amount of development and research as well and then the wonderful job that the barristers do within the cafe I mean that's a whole science in itself there's so many different ways of extracting a you know, even a, an espresso coffee and different recipes and different filters, you know, there's a huge amount there. It just means people will understand more and just appreciate what an awesome drink coffee is. And you were mentioning about the marketing. So the marketing, we stopped, it was November last, yes, a year ago. And the reason being was, which has happened at each stage, we were reaching capacity of our five kilo machine. Again, roasting day and night, I remember while well, I'm being in the shed at like two o'clock in the morning sometimes roasting coffee and I think it's the same as any small business isn't it you're constantly having to try and make a decision think about what's happening next and work out what to do and we were very lucky and still are to have lots of wholesale customers and for us what's really important is the quality of the taste and the coffee that goes out and so not only is all that testing going on sort of on the roasting process but also everything has to be we call it cupping but like taste it before it goes out and we were concerned that if we kept getting new customers in, that we needed to keep the quality and look after, because that just wouldn't make any sense to us, you know, trying to find ways for new people to find us. the supply and the demand. Right, so we wanted to look after that. And also we were trying to find somewhere bigger to move into because there just wasn't the production space. So all of those things, we were kind of said, actually, like we just need to stop that bit over there and knew that we wouldn't grow. But actually, it would be a huge win for us if we could keep the customers we had happy when we were sort of at capacity, capacity, capacity. 
was the decision we made, which probably wasn't the right business decision. Like, it probably you'd think it, it was yeah. mad that we had new potential wholesale customers that were asking us for huge batches, and we just and they ended, were just coming to you from sort yeah, of what you'd done on word of mouth on, on and through some of our yeah. other wholesale customers. And like, it just seems a bit silly now looking back, doesn't it? We were having to say no because we were like, we didn't want to take something on and not do the best job we could do, and we didn't want to bring new people on without which would affect you know, the people we were so grateful and lucky to work with anyway. And so this big machine that's coming, or bigger machine, is going to allow us to do a lot more. So weirdly, we're still in that position, aren't we, a year on, because this race has taken a lot longer than we thought for it to arrive. But actually, you know, we've. I think the really lucky thing is that we're still here and we were able to do that bit and we haven't lost any of the people that buy our coffee, which no. was the really important thing. But what we didn't do is push huge amounts of great. I mean, people came to us that were just at home drinkers. That was fine. That wasn't going to push our capacity. But we weren't going out and trying to find people, which right. and, is a business you should do. All in time. our company, we found it out because in maybe another company doesn't work the same. But we find it out when we stop doing marketing, uh, it's, it's been a... a so like we find it's important to do marketing for our company, right? It's because hugely important. And although we can't what necessarily... What do you call marketing? Oh, that's a really good question. So what, what we were doing before was doing a lot of social media. We were doing stuff with Google and just making sure that we were sort of there and people could see us in different touch points. We did print ad stuff. What else did we do with our marketing budget? It was mainly social, wasn't it? Social and actually through media. the pandemic that worked brilliantly because yeah. everyone was online. And that's interesting. We all we also in the beginning we was quite silly. We didn't take anything serious. It was like all our posts was a laugh basically to make silly things or I put me a like a coffee sack on my own. Well, I'm sure on. your acting skills lend themselves well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but Jane is no actress and we all going for it. Like uh, go and jump in a trampoline and throw coffee. I don't know, like yeah, fun creative stuff. Creative ideas. Yeah, but silly. And then Suddenly, we started to get very serious. Like we, all the fun <laughs> disappeared. Like we kind of like our own. We can't post that. This is might be the people don't <coughs> look this right. Or yeah, you started to get in that path without thinking about it. Right. But then we was well, what was all the fun we we in the beginning? Cause that is maybe in part of <laughs> a big push of the business. People. People, oh, look at these guys, they are creative, they are, they are different. And now we want to get back to that yeah. and, and, and just be silly and enjoying it and don't think more about if I post this, what the people is going to think or not, or <laughs> these kind of things. But um, again, it's a learning. So I think there's lots of questioning yourself, isn't it? Like, you know, the more success you're lucky to have or the more people that drink coffee, the more you think, oh, actually, is this the right thing for them? And... Yeah, it's really hard. Well, it's not hard, we're so lucky, but like you don't realise you've stopped doing something because you're worrying yeah. about this thing over here and it's just coming back to sort of why we're doing what we're doing, which we get to do every day because we get to drink coffee and do nice things, but it's the whole business side of things, I think, that's been the biggest learning actually more so than the... the although we're still always learning about every coffee. day and coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then it's managing a family and a relationship and do but, you think you would have done this if you were not together? Like, do you think it had to be you two together? Right? Would you have done something on your own, set up a business on your own? Oh, that's a really good question. Probably not. Only because, like, kind of 
we're very, very different and we probably bring very, very different things, don't we, to what we do. And actually, although that can have jarring points, it also is really, really positive as well. We'll have a conversation and see it from different sides and we're trying to take the business forward. I'll do a lot of the admin and the detail and the, the office side of things, whereas Juan is amazing at attention to detail when it comes to all the sensory and like all the incredible mechanical stuff and making amendments to like machines profile stuff that I would not have a clue about when you probably say the same about some of the stuff I do we completely opposite but we complement perfectly like and I I know her and she knows me very well and locally we just know kill each other we just (laughs) kind of works works basically works and then yeah. and looking back at your life before which is not actually that long ago really is it it's like four or five years ago yeah in terms of your actual life and enjoyment and being able to spend time with your children do you think you've achieved what you wanted in that respect i think improve our life yeah. it's like i basically like i would say we're happy like we you are in, with the kids i'm with the kids with the kids, we... And we can tag team in, can't we? So, like, if one of the kids got a swimming lesson, one of us would, like, you know, we we can cover each other's work stuff and we can kind of do that with you without even talking about it because we know so much of, like, the routine over here with home and the kids and the routine with work and what needs doing. And I think, you know, without... without If we weren't living together during the pandemic, we wouldn't have been able to... I mean, without... You know, we wouldn't have been able to carry on because it just... We were had our kids at home... We had the workshop down the, you know, um, the bottom of the garden. And now we've got an industrial unit, which all feels very grown up. But, like, all of those things. And actually, we're quite... I mean, we do sometimes overly talk about working of an evening or weekend. But, like, I'd say we got better at not doing that as much. But if we do have a conversation, it's only about, oh, I had this exciting thought about maybe we could try this. Or it doesn't feel like work because it's, like an exciting chat about something to do with coffee so it always feels yeah and also the goal always wants like a, oh we are our, our own boss we do whatever we want we bring the company that way if we like it we or not we work today or no we close today or no we, we're going to holidays or no and, and all this freedom is just amazing like oh, we, we will not change this for anything and even if I, we we want people to put money in the company. Uh, well, like investors. Investors. Say, uh, always been there thinking about it, but actually we... And we've been very lucky to be offered quite a few times of people contacting us, asking if they can invest in in the, in the, in the company, and we've never gone ahead with it, just because we kind of feel like that will take it to a whole that different level of, like, I don't know, board meetings and explaining figures, which, you know, is not... A bad thing but it's not very it's not very us and I feel like that's a pressure and you know we don't want to be in a situation where people that very luckily drink carnival coffee are a number one or spreadsheet for an investor that's not what we're all about I'm super lucky to be able to live and work here and be able to you know I don't know do things with local community groups that we really believe in with coffee at the food bank it's just it's not that sort of a thing. Yeah, I know. I don't see the exactly. We're really looking. If I can do acting, then yeah, I can exactly. put my, <laughs> well, my own man in the business. While we uh, hang out with coffee sometimes. I, I, it's lovely. It's a lovely, lovely story, and it's exactly the type of 
story I wanted to talk about and the fact that you're turning down investment and you're living true to what you want to do and you and it's a happy happy scenario so thank you so much it's lovely to hear your story Jane and Juan oh thank you thank for you. having us no, thank you so much